set of dirt. Good morning. Welcome to Mechanicsville Baptist Church. It's good to have all of you today in God's house together with us. Uh, hard to believe Christmas is a week away, uh, but we come today to celebrate uh, the joy of our Savior being born and the fact that God has come to dwell among us and to dwell within us. And we are so glad and delighted that you are with us today. If you are a guest, welcome. We're glad to have you here. If you would take that guest tab that is in your bulletin, tear it off and place it in the offering plate, fill it out with your information. We would love to get in contact with you and let you know how you can be a part of this wonderful body of believers that God brought together nearly 40 years ago. Uh, so it's good to be with all of you today. Um, just a couple of announcements. Uh, don't forget tonight is our Christmas cantata. That will start at 7. Uh, it is called Bethlehem Morning, and it's going to be a great night of worship, a great night of music. 
the choir and the cast have worked really, really hard to put this on, and it's just a great reminder of Jesus, and it's a great reminder to us in the busyness of this season of the importance of Christmas, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So please come out tonight at 7 o'clock um, to be a part of that. Youth, we just decided 45 minutes ago, meet here at 4 o'clock, and we're going to work our schedule around that, so youth come here tonight at 4 um, and then uh, Wednesday, students uh, and youth um, come here at 5.30, not 6, but be here at 5.30 for our tacky light tour. So I've already told you all that, but just wanted to say that up here. Uh, be here at 5.30 on Wednesday night. Um, and next week, as you know, it's Christmas Eve Saturday and Christmas Day on Sunday. Uh, on Christmas Eve next Saturday, we will have our 5.30 traditional candlelight Christmas Eve service in the sanctuary at 5.30, and then at 9 o'clock, we will have our contemporary Christmas Eve service. So two different options for you. We would love for you to come out and be a part of both of those to worship our Savior on Christmas Eve, and then next Sunday, we have only one worship service Christmas Day, and that will be at 11 o'clock in here. So uh, please come out and be a part of the worship of our Lord and Savior on Christmas Day. It's going to be a beautiful service and a wonderful time of reflection uh, of Christmas. So uh, we're glad that you're here with us, and now let's listen to the choir as they sing for us.
Thank you, choir. That's a little bit of a display right there of what you're going to get tonight. So come out tonight. That was beautiful. Thank you all. Uh, also, just want to remind you, no Sunday school next uh, Sunday as well. I forgot to mention that. Uh, but if you would, uh, bow your head with me and just take a moment to go to the Lord just a few seconds yourself. Maybe you have something on your heart and you need to lift up to the Lord. Um, let's go to the Lord in prayer and then I will uh, finish this out. Father, your word says in John 1.14 that you were the word that dwelt among us, the word that became flesh and came to be within us. We thank you for gathering us here today. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that you gave your son for us. And God, as just a small token of our gratitude, may we lift your name in praise and worship this morning. Bless our time, Lord. May we worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Thank you for giving us Jesus, the word that became flesh to dwell among us. May we lift his name higher and praise him today for that. We love you, Lord. Thank you for loving us. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I'd ask you to take your hymnals, please, and turn to hymn number 88 as we stand and sing the carol, Hark the Herald, Angels Sing.
On this fourth and last Sunday of Advent, with Christmas almost upon us, we focus with gratitude on our salvation. God and sinners reconcile. The curiosity of Christmas to the unbelieving world is that God would care enough to come to us in need and pay such an incredible price to strengthen out the mess we've made of our lives. Sadly, even a heaven full of angels does not convince many that it is so. So let's listen to words from John's Gospel in the first book of John. And it says, The Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that had been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of the men. The light of shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. He was in the world, and through the world he made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory and the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then the third one, But God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him stands condemned and ready, because he has not believed in the name of God, one only and begotten Son, Jesus Christ. God bless the reading of his holy word. Before we sing, I want to say a real big thank you to our brass trio this morning. Uh, we do appreciate you sharing your lovely Christmas music with us today, and you'll hear from them again during our offertory time, and I hope you'll take the opportunity to thank them at the conclusion of our service as well. A real special treat. Thank you, Greg, for getting it all together for us today. And let me just put my own personal invitation... my own personal invitation to come tonight and be a part of our music and our, our Christmas pageant. Um, Isaiah will be here and Elizabeth and uh, a lot of other people from the Bible, so you don't want to miss that, as well as some lovely music uh, from our bells and from our choir. And I thought maybe, um, I didn't need to announce this, but maybe I should, because of the situation with the Family Life Center, we aren't having a tasting tonight, 
that has always gone along with our cantata and tasting, but we aren't able to have it this year. And um, it is disappointing, but it's just the way it worked out. And uh, next time, we will. Maybe for Easter, we'll have an Easter tasting. But uh, come tonight and, and be a part of our worship together. Would you turn in your hymnal now to hymn number 85? We're going to stand together and sing the first Noel. Merry Christmas. 
From God's holy word, Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. God's word tells us what to do with our money. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, help us to be good stewards of all the bounty you alone give us. As Jesus said in Mark chapter 12, there is no commandment greater than this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Help us, Lord, to find our neighbor's needs. Who are the people we know who have needs not being met? Help us to meet those needs with our bounty and our love. And we ask all these things at Jesus, in Jesus' beloved name. Amen. Shall we pray? 
faithful Lord, our God and help in ages past and our hope for years to come. We bow before you this morning with hopeful hearts. As we celebrate and anticipate once again the coming of the Christ child. For as festive as this time of year is, we pray, Father, for focus as we listen for a word from the word. We're grateful, Father, for our opportunities to gather in this place to sing praises, to hear your word proclaimed, to recognize, Father, that you are sovereign over us and that in your grace and mercy, You provide for us redemption. We are grateful, Father, for each person who has come this morning. For the opportunity to gather as the people of God, called by the name of Jesus, to worship the one and true sovereign God. We pray this morning, Father, for those of our church family who are ill, for those who are recuperating from illness, for those who are facing surgery even in the coming week. In this season of hope, may hope reign supreme in their lives as we pray for healing and strength. We're grateful, Father, that even in the midst of sorrow, you are here. And we know, Father, that as we deal with the loss of loved ones in this past year, of of, uh, fellow church members and friends, of family members, this season can be difficult. And yet, out of the difficulty, Father, in your presence, there can spring hope. Hope in an eternity, secure by Jesus Christ. Comfort those who are in sorrow. Walk with them in this time. We are grateful, Father, for our missionaries, many around the world who are away from home and family at times when home and family gather. We pray, Father, that you will bless them, encourage them, Supply their needs and help us, Father, as we pray, to pray for each one. So that we can have an awareness of the work that they're doing in the name of Jesus Christ. We're thankful for this church. For the ongoing ministries and work of this place, we pray, Father, that you would encourage us, compel us. To do more as we live our lives in your presence and as we seek to radiate the light of Christ in the world. We are grateful for each person who has participated in worship this morning. We pray, Father, for the program tonight that lives might be touched as they hear the story once again. Help us, Father, 
in these moments to listen to Jesus. In whose name we pray. Amen. When I was growing up, we had a console stereo. So we could put our Christmas albums, they were vinyl back then, we could put our Christmas albums on that console stereo and listen to those as we were decorating for Christmas. And for those of you that know my mom, she loves to decorate for Christmas. And, you know, we'd watch the house transform, and we'd have these fabulous albums that were compilations, um, you know, Perry Como and Andy Williams and Nat King Cole and all of these compilations, and I would just love the, the Christmas music. And there was one particular song that just always touched me as a child. Um, I'll sing that for you in a moment, but... Before I do, the song is called Some Children See Him. You may have heard it, you may not have. But some of the most special and significant decorations that I felt in our house was the nativity. We had this little wooden nativity, and Mom would put, like, little straw in there, and it was just always so special. And, of course, as a child, it's that baby Jesus when you put the baby Jesus in place, it just, oh, it just, you could breathe. Everything felt right with the baby Jesus in place. And I think the baby Jesus to children is just so significant. It's just so significant. Children can relate to the baby Jesus. And you know what? It's children all over the world that can relate to the baby Jesus. And that's what this song is about. Some children see him lily white The baby Jesus born this night Some children see him lily white With tresses soft and fair Some children see him bronzed and brown the Lord of heaven to earth come down. Some children see him bronzed and brown with dark and heavy hair. Some children see him almond-eyed this Savior whom we kneel beside some children see him almond-eyed with skin of yellow hue some children see him dark as they 
children see him dark as they and oh they love him too The children in each different place will see the baby Jesus' face like theirs, but bright with heavenly grace and filled with holy light. Oh, lay aside each earthly thing, and with thy heart as offering, come worship now, the infant king tis love that's born tonight the poinsettias that grace our sanctuary this morning in celebration of Advent are given in memory and in honor of our loved ones. And there is a um, sheet in your bulletin that tells you who they are given in honor and in memory of. And if I can make this request, uh, I hate to call people out. Pat, you're in here. Yeah, Pat Petrie. She, um, I would ask if you could to leave your poinsettia today. Uh, and and get it next Sunday. Now, if you really need to take it and you have plans for it, I understand. But next Sunday morning is Christmas Day, and we will be here. And it would be nice to see our poinsettias here. And the reason I call out Patty is because she'll have to be the one to water them, I'm sure, <laughs> this week. But if you could do that, I'd appreciate it. But again, if you, feel, if you need to take it because you have plans for it, uh, feel free to do so. But uh, we, they will be cared for this week. Right, Pat? We'll make sure they're cared for. Uh, this week. Um, nothing like calling you out, I know, but uh, she is so helpful. And you heard Tori say that she loves to decorate for Christmas. And I was noticing when you were talking the nativity in front of, of you and me uh, and how it glistens. And I was thinking about the star shining down and how that, that was, uh, uh, shows uh, some of that uh, in that particular way that these are decorated. So uh, thank you, Pat, for all that you do and the others that help you decorate. I know there are others that are involved in that as well, but we do appreciate that very much. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. This is a Christmas story, even though it is found in uh, he, the book of Hebrews. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past, to the fathers by the prophets. 
has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. The children were putting on the Christmas play. To show the radiance of the newborn Savior, a light bulb was hidden in the manger. All the stage lights were to be turned off so that the only brightness could be seen by the manger or in the manger. But the boy who controlled the light got confused and all the lights went out. In what was a tense moment, broken only when one of the shepherds said in a loud stage whisper, Hey, you switched off Jesus. Christmas means many things. Giving, sharing, loving, singing, and fellowship. But Christmas also means listening to Jesus. Christians have the tendency sometimes to allow the world in and of itself to speak more loudly than Christ. And it's important for us to remember that as the world screams the latest, greatest gift that we must purchase and give to our loved ones, God is screaming at us, listen to me. We listen to Christ to hear what he has to say about God. Switching off Jesus during the Advent season dilutes and means the meaning of Christmas. The big question for all of us is, how do you listen when God speaks through Jesus Christ? The faith of the Old Testament and the faith of the New Testament is that the God whom we worship is the God who communicates with his creation. The Bible is a record of God's events of self-disclosure in which he has sought to communicate with all people. The scripture is very clear that there are many ways in which God has chosen to communicate. One way in which he communicates is through his natural creation as we find in the book of Romans as well as in the Psalms where we can look around us and see the glory of the world in which we live and recognize that something Bigger than we is at play. Some people listen to and learn what God has to say. Another way that God communicates is through what we call conscience. People have a sense of altness. We know in the story of Pinocchio that Jiminy Cricket was assigned to Pinocchio to be his conscience, to keep him out of trouble. And we know that No matter how hard Jiminy Cricket tried to keep Pinocchio out of trouble, he managed to find a way to do so, didn't he? But there is a sense of altness in our lives. God communicates through a universal moral law to people's conscience. But not everyone listens. The writer of Hebrews declares that in many ways... And in various ways, God spoke of old to our fathers by the prophets, verse 1. 
God spoke through holy men moved by the Holy Spirit. Through Moses, we know that God gave the Ten Commandments ten great principles by which an ordered and stable society can be regulated, maintained, and perpetuated. These laws are self-executing laws in that to ignore or to violate a single one of them is to break oneself upon all of them. Through Elijah. God called the nation of Israel away from the waste and desolation of idolatry and urged them to worship the one true God. Have you listened to the challenge of God through the prophet Elijah? Have you forsaken the false gods that always disappoint? Are you worshiping the one true God with all your heart? In this season of the year where we should be speaking of peace and hope and joy, many people can find None of those things. Because they're listening to the wrong story. They're listening to those things of this world that are temporary. They're listening to what they think will bring them pleasure and joy only to be left out with no understanding of what makes this season so very special to those who listen to Jesus. Through Isaiah, God spoke concerning His sovereign holiness. Isaiah went into the temple to pray at a time when his mind was filled with thoughts of an empty throne because of the death of King Uzziah. As Isaiah bowed in reverent worship, God opened the eyes of his soul and let him see the eternal King sitting sovereign and supreme, majestic and holy on the throne of the universe. God revealed to the frightened young man that even though Uzziah was dead, Israel's God was still on the throne. No matter what circumstances we face, no matter how troubled our lives may be, no matter what this past year may have had for you, in disappointment and distress and despair and grief and all of those things that make us human, this season of the year reminds us that God is on His throne. And He has a plan for our lives. The God who Isaiah saw was a holy God who could not tolerate sin. Isaiah acknowledged his own sinfulness and unworthiness and immediately we know how the story goes. One of the seraphim came and purged away the filth of his soul by means of a hot coal taken off the altar. And with the cleansing, there came a call into God's service. And Isaiah volunteered. When he not only saw God and listened to God, he became in service to God. He heard what God was saying. Have you heard what God was saying through his prophet Isaiah? Through the rustic shepherd prophet Amos, God spoke to northern Israel concerning his own moral character and of the absolute necessity of his people being committed to righteousness and justice. It was Amos who declared that a moral God places moral demands on his people. That a God of integrity requires integrity on the part of his people. Have you heard God speak through Amos? 
through Hosea, God spoke to the nation of Israel concerning his suffering, seeking love. Hosea is the evangelist of the Old Testament, the prophet through whom God revealed that there is hope in God's grace when all hope seemingly has disappeared. In Hosea's domestic tragedy, God revealed his compassionate love for the wayward nation in the person of Gomar, the prophet's wayward wife. How do you listen when God speaks? Have you heard what God was saying through the prophets of old? We all listen to somebody. It's a part of life, isn't it? We are taught as young children to listen. And sometimes when we don't listen and we're disobedient, there are consequences that are involved. Yesterday, I attended a funeral in Buena Vista. My college roommate's father passed away. And I felt that it was important that I go. But on Saturday morning when I got up, what did I hear? Forty accidents in the Richmond metro area from ice on bridges and roadways. Stay in if you can. Don't go out and put yourself at risk. I didn't listen because I was compelled to follow my own path. And it worked out for me. But for other people who didn't listen or didn't listen, it wasn't so happy a result for them, was it? A terrible crash in Baltimore. 55 car pileup. Two dead, several injured. Because of ice on the roadway. So there are consequences, aren't there, for not listening. Consequences that sometimes are dire. And so when we have the opportunity to listen to what God has to say to us through Jesus Christ, it is life-changing. The two major emphases of these verses are, first, God has spoken, and second, that God has spoken for the final time. Through Jesus, God has given us His full and final word. The whole of Jesus' life and work, His birth, teaching, death, and resurrection are laid out for the world to see as the final revelation of God for the redemption of us all. The message of Christmas and the message of our Hebrews text declares that in these last days God has spoken through His Son who was born of a virgin in Bethlehem. Christmas means that we should listen to Jesus Christ as He speaks about God for it is in Jesus Christ that God has made His full and final self-disclosure. Jesus does not belong among the prophets. The prophets' message looked toward the future for fulfillment. Christ the Son is God's message of fulfillment. No new revealer followed Him. The prophets were men only. Christ was Son of Man and Son of God. We came across that last week when we looked in terms of the genealogy, didn't we? There, were, there was begatting and begatting and begatting and begotting all the way through until they got to Jesus. And then you never see the word again. Because God spoke through His Son. 
God has appointed, as Hebrews teaches us, Jesus Christ, the heir of all things. Jesus Christ is declared to be the goal of history. In Him, we are redeemed. The kingdom belongs to Jesus Christ. John declares, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. This is the one whom John calls the Word, the one who stood in creation's bright morning with the Father to call the whole created order into being. This is the one who knew what was in humanity because He made us. This is the maker of all human beings who Himself condescended to be made man On our behalf. He is not only the heir of all things. He is the maker of all things. And all things belong to him. He let us go. Our own way, didn't he? He let us be like sheep. Scattered. But he came as a shepherd to call the sheep. The victory belongs to Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 2. Jesus Christ has bought the decisive battle of history through His coming in the flesh, assuming the form of a servant, taking upon Himself our guilt and dying as a sacrifice for our sins on the cross. God exalted Him by raising Him from the dead and has lifted Him to the position of supreme authority in this world and in the world to come. It is through this One who is the heir of all things that God speaks. Let us never forget why we are here. We are here because Jesus Christ came to redeem us. It is through Christ that God made the world. People listen to people in power, don't they? Powerful political and military leaders command a crowd. Those who have power in the world of finance can command the attention of business people. The inspired writers tell us that in Jesus Christ lies the creative power by which the universe was literally called into being. John declares he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In Paul's epistle to the Colossians he declares all things were created through him and for him. We lay out the case this morning in the scripture simply because we need to be reminded that everything else we do this season of the year, no matter what it is, pales into comparison to what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. There is no amount of light that can show His glory. There's no amount of generosity that can show His love. But we, as followers of Jesus Christ, need to listen to Him. Jesus Christ reflects the glory of God. The word translated reflects is a strong word, also translated effulgence. It refers to the radiance shining forth from a source of light. Just as the radiance of the sun reaches the earth, so in Jesus Christ the glorious light of God shines forth to illuminate the heart and the way of all of us. Jesus is the one of whom it was said, in Him is no darkness at all. Where else can we find such words of hope? 
because people let us down. There is darkness in every one of us. And we work hard to allow Christ to transform us from that darkness into light. This past week I was changing around some light bulbs. And you know, light bulbs are brighter than they used to be. Do you know that? You know, LEDs and all that stuff. You'll, you'll recognize it when uh, we're finished with the building over here. You'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. We replaced the porch light down here. And you could, take a, you could get a suntan coming in at night now. It's so bright. Not really, not really. But. but I was replacing the light, and I noticed, you know, I was looking at the light and unscrewing the bulb and putting another bulb in, and then I walked away from that light, and all I could see was that light in my eyes. You know, I had looked at it so long that it kind of blinded me. And for a moment, I got a little worried about it. You know, I said, well, have I hurt myself? Have I damaged my eye? But as time went on, of course, that that settled down and I was able to see more clearly again. That light, though, that I'm speaking of had the power to change me for a few moments. The light of Christ has the power to change us for eternity. There is no light that compares. Jesus Christ is the very image of the substance of God. Jesus bears the very stamp of God's nature. The combining of the two words, effulgence and stamp, is a dual attempt to express the same thing, the exact likeness of the Son to the Father. We see the images of great people on our coins, just as the image on a coin exactly corresponds to the device on the die used to make that coin, so the Son of God bears the very stamp of God's nature. To see Jesus Christ is to see what God is really like. Paul said to the Colossians in Colossians 1.19, In Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Jesus Christ upholds all things in the universe by the word of His power. Jesus Christ upholds the universe. Jesus is the word of God, the wisdom of God, the agent of God in creation by whom all things are upheld and held together. Paul insists on this in Colossians when he said, In Him all things hold together. If your life is not held together, and you hear people say that, Well, I've just got to get myself together. The only one who can put us together is Jesus Christ. If that were not so, we should close these doors and find something else to do. Jesus Christ upholds the universe not like the mythological character Atlas who supported the dead weight of the earth upon his shoulders, but as one who carries all things forward on an appointed course. Jesus Christ keeps the universe on schedule. And we know this because when Jesus in his earthly life, what did he say from time to time? It's not time, didn't he? It's not time. You'll know when it's time. And in the fullness of time, Christ came into the world. And in the fullness of time, He was crucified. Not because He was crucified by those who took Him, but because He chose to go that path. Jesus Christ has made purification for sins. Jesus Christ, the babe of Bethlehem, lived His life, rendered His service, and finally sacrificed Himself as an atonement for our sins on the cross. 
For us to neglect to hear Him speak concerning our need for the forgiveness of our sin is to miss what God is saying through Jesus Christ at this and every Christmas time. We must listen for Him. As the perfect high priest, Jesus Christ has entered into the most holy place as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. He has borne the penalty for us. On the basis of his sacrificial death for our sin, he is able to offer us the gift of eternal life. But we need to listen. Janet sometimes talks to me, and can you believe I don't listen? She will be talking and I'll be doing something else. And uh, she'll say two days later, well, I told you and I didn't know. It happens in strange kind of ways. She made a meatloaf. This has been a while back. And she said, now, I want you to set that meatloaf out at a certain time. And then I want you to put it in the oven at a certain time. But she failed to tell me one thing or I didn't hear it. Take the plastic off the top before you put it in. (laughs) Now, I should have known better. But I was somewhat reluctantly following the directions. And then when she came in and it was time for meatloaf and there was plastic on the meatloaf. You know, it was melted plastic on the meatloaf. She said, what did you do? I said, I did exactly what you told me to do. And she said, no, you didn't. When it comes to Christ, we need to listen intently. Not be distracted. By stuff. Because we're talking about serious things here, aren't we? We're talking about eternity. As the one who has conquered death and who is alive forevermore, Jesus serves as our advocate, making intercession for us. It is not enough for us to sing beautiful Christmas carols and rejoice in a baby who was born long ago. Let us listen to what he has to say about God and let us respond to what he has to say about humankind's deepest need. And we see in verse 3 that Jesus Christ has been exalted and enthroned to be our King Redeemer. Jesus Christ was born to be our King. He merits the place of lordship in our hearts and lives. The uniqueness of Christ's achievement is further argued by the place He now occupies in the heavenly sanctuary. He sat down at the right hand of the Most High God in a position of majesty and unparalleled power as one whose earthly work is finished and as one whose position in the new order can never be challenged. He says very clearly in verse 4, having become so much better than the angels as He has has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Jesus Christ alone can be our Savior from sin. He has come offering forgiveness and a new life. Have you heard His invitation come unto me and responded by making Him the Lord of your life? In preparing for this sermon, I ran across a quote that was quite profound, at least in my life, and I hope it is for you as well. Theologian Karl Barth, German theologian who's passed away, who I had a professor in seminary who studied under Karl Barth, and a lot of his teachings came to the forefront in our classes. But Karl Barth stood before students and faculty at Princeton University in 1968 during his Princeton lectures. A student asked, Now, this isn't a new question. 
And it's not a question that's gone away. Sir, don't you think that God has revealed himself in other religions and not just Christianity? You know what I'm talking about. You've heard it. Bart stunned many who were present when he thundered. No, God has not revealed himself in any religion, including Christianity. He has revealed himself in his son. Everything else doesn't matter. He revealed himself in Jesus Christ. Or why do we make such a fuss this time of year? As important as Christianity is to the church and to theology and all of those things, none of it means anything. We know that Scripture tells us in Acts they were first called Christians, right? But what made them Christian? A belief in Christ. Jesus is a worthy and competent leader who says, follow me. Have you listened and heard him as he he invites you to become acquainted with God? How do you listen to what God has to say through Jesus Christ? Are you in some pain that makes you too uncomfortable to listen? Have you been injured and are too angry to listen? Are you a fool and too stupid to listen? Are you a self-sufficient, sophisticated, conceited person who feels no need to listen? Are you so preoccupied with things that you are too busy to listen? Are you too fearful and uncertain to listen? You remember the angels when they revealed themselves to the shepherds? What did they say? Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Are you willing to listen to him now? as he speaks words of assurance concerning the greatness of God's love for you and of the wonder of God's plan for your life, let the Christ of Bethlehem become the King and Lord of your empire. Make him Lord so that you can experience the joy of being what God meant for you to be. Paul understood it, didn't he, when he wrote under the inspired hand, In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Be careful. Be very careful in this season of the year. Don't worship Christmas. Worship Christ. Shall we pray? Gracious Lord, we are grateful for the author of the book of Hebrews. For he shows us very clearly and definitively the purpose of Christ's coming. He has spoken to us and continues to speak if we are listening. Help us to be listeners so that we can overcome all of the difficulties that plague us in our personal walk with you. In the name of Jesus, amen.
our hymn of commitment and invitation is hymn number 320, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. That is my prayer for me and for you during this season of the year. That we make it about Jesus. The invitation is open to anyone who would receive Christ. To anyone who would commit themselves to this fellowship of believers through membership. As we stand and sing hymn number 320. morning Carol Taylor comes she's been talking to me for a while pastor on the back row back there uh, a while ago and she said I've been wanting to come talk to you well this was a good place to come talk to me right right in the front of the church I'm glad you've come Jean is her mentor that's what Carol told me so uh, she came to be with her this morning as well not everybody gives me this much information but I'm going to share it with you because she wrote it down uh, Carol comes, uh, she's a Mechanicsville local. She graduated from Lee Davis High School, and I'll let you guess that, okay? I won't tell you, because then their heads will start, they'll do the math, you know. 
After the death of her husband in 2001, Carol moved to Saluda to be near family. She joined Saluda Baptist Church in 2003 and was baptized in the Piankatank River. Uh, she sold her river home and moved back to Mechanicsville and now asks that she become a member of Mechanicsville Baptist Church. And so how much easier could that be, right, to do that? So she's coming on a uh, promise of a letter from Saluda Baptist Church. And I know that you want to affirm that by saying amen. amen. And so we're grateful you've come. Will you stay in the front? Let them greet you because everybody likes to uh, meet you and they can introduce you. You won't remember all the names. It took me a year or so to... Uh, to figure out, figure them all out. And I probably know more than I want to know, but you know, um, but, uh, uh, no, uh, I'm grateful that she's come this morning and uh, I hope that you will take time to greet her again. Remember what I ask about the poinsettias, but if you need to take yours, please do so. And we'll just rearrange them, uh, for next week. I uh, thank you for being here. Remember one service next Sunday morning at 11. You will have two opportunities on Christmas Eve. You can come to both or you can choose one it's up to you, one at 5.30 and the other at 9 o'clock. Now, that 9 o'clock hour is a change because it uh, up until this year, the last three years that we've done it, it was at 10 o'clock. So they backed it up an hour to 9 o'clock. So that service will be at 9 o'clock. So I thought I'd better let you know that uh, in case you... Uh, but we'll have that in the newsletter, and we will be in the office uh, this week. So uh, if you need anything, we are available to help you. Um, I think that pretty much tells you... Thank you again for your patience during Sunday school. They did push our time out to the 10th of January. That doesn't necessarily mean, though, that we won't have access to the facility before the 10th of January. That's just the final completion day. So we will keep you posted as things change, and I will make sure that in the uh, newsletter uh, before New Year's Day, you will know whether you'll go back to where you have been these last uh, two Sundays, or you can return to your regular classrooms and so forth. So uh, just wanted to make you aware of that. But they are making some progress over there, a great deal of progress, and uh, we are grateful to see what's happening. Uh, let's bow for a benediction. Gracious Lord, as we depart on this glorious day that you've given to us, help us to leave here recognizing that as we listen to Jesus, he can transform our lives. And as he transforms our lives, we can radiate his light into the world in which we work and serve so that others have the opportunity to have their lives changed as well so that they too can understand the power of the joy, the love, the peace, and the hope that comes to us during this season of the year. Bless us, Father, as we seek to serve you now and forever. In the name of Jesus, amen. <laughs>